What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that can help your company grow online. So if you're feeling stuck, don't know where to go when it comes to social media, you're saying, hey, that's where all the kids are at. They're on them social mediums and we need to be there. Don't know why I put an accent on, but you mean you get the gist of it. Head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, book a free consultation. They will be able to help you out. Cool. All right. Today's guest is Grant Farhall. He is the chief product officer at Getty Images and iStock Photo. We get into a really, really cool conversation, really just about the power of imagery and enabling creatives as we move forward and how there's just so much more content and how that landscape has changed from a content creation perspective. So if you're interested in content creation, particularly when it comes to imagery and where that space is going, that this is the episode for you. So without further ado, let's get into it. What's going on, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I am welcoming Grant Farhall to the show. He is the Chief Product Officer at Getty Images and iStock Photo. Grant, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show, Jordan. No, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on. You know, we spoke a little bit before we started recording, but anytime I can have a Canadian guest on, I get excited. So, (laughs) (laughs) Rightly so, rightly so. Yeah, no, it, it's always good, you know. Before we hop into everything you're doing, you know, Getty and iStock and two brands that I'm sure listeners know about, walk me through your personal journey. Give me that five-minute story of how you ended up, you know, I know we talked before, you said you were in radio, but how you ended up, you know, in this position where you're leading up product uh, for two companies. Sure. My path is very windy. It's definitely not a linear career path. I, I started with completing a Bachelor of Commerce at the University of Calgary. About midstream through there, actually switched from a finance-based degree to a marketing-based degree. I did that after going through a round of summer internship interviews where I, I could not answer the question why I was in finance, which gave me clarity that I was in the wrong area of focus and walked up from one interview to the register's office and, and switched to marketing in the moment. Uh, so that's what I came out of school with. And at the time, marketing was very different. It was, uh, you know, the, the internet was just starting to take hold. So it was less about digital marketing and still a lot grounded in traditional advertising, traditional marketing, uh, a lot of print and multimedia big campaigns. And uh, my first job out of school was with a, a small agency called Idea Machine here in Calgary. And that's where I cut my teeth. And that's where really I, I got exposed to the concept of stock photography the first time. We would pour over catalogs from Image Club and, and Iowa wire and and look at envy at, at collections that tony stone could offer and the like and and that was back in the day where all that stuff was on cd so it was my first exposure to the the wonderful world of imagery ended up starting my own agency for a period of time and then that's when i made the pivot went back to school and decided to go into broadcast journalism and into radio and it's something that i would always wanted to do and was reaching the point where I, I realized if i didn't do it then that i would never do it and that would likely be a regret So I had a career in radio, uh, working in sports and news for about eight years and really enjoyed it, but soon realized that it was, um, as I often tell people, a financial disaster. (laughs) There's not a lot of money to be made in radio. There's wonderful people. It's wonderful, important work. uh, But when when you're in a position where you're maybe wanting to start a family as I was, it it became clear to me that that was not going to be a good long-term situation. So I knew some people at Getty Images and iStock from back in the days of working in various agencies, including development shops, and reached out and got connections and got hired as a product manager and 
came up through the organization, ended up in a position of being general manager of iStock, and then from there, uh, vice president of e-commerce, and, and now my role is chief product officer. So coming up on a decade with the company and feel tremendously fortunate to work with a company like Getty Images, and the people I get to work with every day are wonderful. So, but yeah, definitely not not a clear path. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of different turns and twists in that road, but I, I think that's uh, that's what makes careers wonderful. A hundred percent. And that's uh, definitely something that we've seen on the show time and time again. We get executives on and they started in journalism a lot of times and then made their way over to the marketing side. So it's always good to hear that the accidental marketer, as I say, because I was going to be a lawyer up until about you know eight years ago. Then, oops, <laughs> I started marketing. So I'm, I'm with you. Well, I'm excited to have you on. And one of the things I really wanted to talk about is, okay, product. And I've had CMOs on the show and CEOs who have different views on where product falls with regards to the house and the house being the business, right? A lot of people are saying it has to be sway more. We have to listen more to our engineering teams, what they do. And then other people say, hey, no, this is more marketing and we need to really figure out what our customers are, what they want, and then build that product for them. I just wanted to get your feeling on where do you think product really lies in you know, the matrix of business? Sure. I mean, I, I'm someone that naturally leans into a collaborative approach. I understand you certainly need to have clear lines of ownership and accountability, but at the same time, I think where the magic is is when people and teams who bring different expertise to the table can collaborate on on finding the right solutions. So the, in many ways, what I look at product's role as being is understanding the customer, being completely customer obsessed, uh, bringing in all the input, what we hear directly from customers, what they tell us through our, our service, what we get from survey data, what our site metrics tell us, what's happening in the marketplace, what's happening in competitive sets, what are the emerging potential substitutes. You bring in all this information and you use it to identify the most meaningful and important problems to solve and the most meaningful and important opportunities to go after. That's a lot of the job. And then it's about bringing that context and bringing that information to a, a team that will include a lot of the people you just talked about. It'll include engineering and technology. It will include the marketing team. It will include, for us, a huge component is content. Uh, we're all about contact. We're all about our imagery. So we want them at the table. How do you bring all that expertise to the table to then figure out the right solution to execute so you can actually solve those problems for your customers? That's how I see it. I see product as being a bit of the grease in the wheels. It's the way that that stuff gets identified and the work gets done to solve those problems. Needless to say, the marketing team is amongst our closest partners at Getty Images, where we don't look at you know some of the traditional approaches where you know you hear you hear product described as you know the product manager is the mini CEO of their vertical or their line of business. That's not how we look at it at Getty Images. We look at the product manager as the individual that can help bring that context and that important data to the table so that we can do the right thing for our customers. Awesome. And I've been always curious about this, how it works with Getty. And like, okay, I understand the customers, right? Customers like myself, I run an agency, we come up, we buy the photos, or we have a media company. We, I understand that. Now, walk me through how it works. There's also the photographers, right? And the content yeah. creators. And how are they viewed? Are they viewed as clients? Because a, largely, you know, the product obviously is how it works and everything to get the images. But there are a lot of the end product too, and, and the, those deliverables, right? So sure. walk me through... I guess that process of how you source photos and then to how you go out and actually make those partnerships or get new photographers on board. Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways you could look at our contributor base as 
you know, our photographers and our videographers and the people who make content that we then license on their behalf, you know, they're a stakeholder group for us and amongst the most important stakeholder groups. I think calling them a supplier is too, doesn't tell the whole story, nor would I define them exactly as our customers because our customers are our customers, but they are this extremely important stakeholder group. I mentioned earlier that content is at the heart of our strategy sourcing differentiated content to build a library that has depth and breadth. That's what Getty Images and that's what iStock is all about. So to be able to do that and do that at scale, it hinges on having those relationships with those photographers that can create differentiated content and videographers who can create differentiated content at scale. So the way we work with them is it's very much a crowdsourced model. And we have non-exclusive contributors, meaning they can supply their content to be represented by us, but also others out there in our competitive sets. And then we have exclusive contributors where we are there, we are exclusively represent their content. So that's the material that you can only find on iStock or Getty Images. And that's a much smaller group, still thousands and tens of thousands of people, but a smaller group that allows us to provide them with a higher royalty, often demand a higher price for their differentiated content, but also work a lot more closely with them. So we provide them with support through a briefing, an art direction, even shoot planning. So we establish really tight, close relationships with those individuals so that we can help them create differentiated content for us to provide for our customers. So we're dealing with the crowdsource model at scale across the, sort of the non-exclusive photographer space, but then we're working much more deeply with those that are exclusive to us so that together we can create really compelling, really engaging content that allows our customers to then elevate their work to that next level. No, cool. That, that makes sense. And in doing that, right? Like when I look at it, I look at Getty and iStock and correct me, jump in if I'm wrong here. It's kind of like a, okay, Lexus and Toyota. Like Getty always has this mystique to me about like that it's very, very poignant content. It's very, very exact. Like when I go, I get that exact shot of Barack Obama coming out of his car or something. And I would say in my, this is all my opinion, just leans editorial. And then iStock is more, hey, go nuts. There's everything under the sun there. But I've noticed a shift. And when I go to the site to creative assets, talk to me first about the differentiation between Getty and iStock. I think that's important to get out there yeah. for someone who's an agency position and is saying like, well, who, where should I buy photos from or assets of any kind, video, et cetera. Um, so talk to me through that. Yeah, and then I'll follow up with another question. You've hit on one of the key elements, which is certainly the editorial business. So a lot of people out there know Getty Images because they see our name on CNN or in certain newspapers, and they see us attached to imagery and footage covering the news of the day, uh, sports, entertainment. And we have the partnerships, the, the talent, the access, and the ability to get those images from camera to click as faster than anybody. So that certainly is a big part of what Getty Images and GettyImages.com offers customers who have needs for editorial imagery. But the creative side of the business is also key on GettyImages.com. And that's where we have what I would say is creative content that transcends. It truly is at that highest level and providing unique ways of representing common themes, providing a library that's incredibly deep and incre has incredible depth so that you can cover whatever is the concept, whatever the subject, whatever is the thing you're trying to say. We can provide imagery that allow you to do that and break through the noise, the visual noise that's out there in the world. 
it's where it, I would say in many respects, it's where you know an enterprise level customer, that's where they would sit within our business. People with unique needs that you know often it's they have team needs and need to be able to have a website and experience that allows them to efficiently support that entire team. iStock is more the value brand. We're obviously a lot of the customers there are looking for still great imagery, but they're looking for great imagery at the right price. And, and you'll see that reflected in the price points and the plans that we offer. But the content's still at the heart there. We still have millions of exclusive images on iStock that we source through our exclusive contributors. And, the, and again, the idea there is to provide content that breaks out of what we often call the sea of sameness, the commoditization of imagery. And, and you know, you know Stock photography, you can sort of think of all sorts of subjects and what's the standard representations of business. It's two people shaking hands. Well, we want to provide our customers with different ways of representing those themes, you know, and, and that's what iStock provides too. So it's the pairing of both the right price, the flexibility of the right price and the right plans, but still great content that allows you to communicate your message. But that's the delineation between the two brands. I like it. And there's something there that I think is important to pull out and look at, right? Where and I want to call it like that evolution of stock where it's now gone to, we're past the point of like the cheesy photo of two people shaking hands over a contract. Yeah. Like that stuff, it's been played out for lack of a better term. Where now I think there's things about enabling creatives, right? And I see that Getty, iStock, it really in a, a mode of like, okay, how do we enable creatives by even providing them with assets that then they can go on and use in their own creative endeavors, right? Was that something just learned through yeah. research? Was that like a big push of, hey, we're going to get that person who's at the agency who's working in InDesign or working in Photoshop a lot and start to loop them in when it's something as simple like, look, we run an agency and it saves us so much time getting icons and things like that that we want to go and quickly use and deploy on some of our own graphics, our own photos that we're taking. Talk to me about that evolution, really. Well, and, and part of that evolution is actually it's it's not just creatives. I mean, the, the people who are using imagery and now more than ever footage, it's increasingly not creatives. Or, or you could go the other way and you could say that the definition of what a creative is, is expanding all the time. But either way, there's more and more people who need to tell stories, need to communicate messages, and they don't fit in the traditional mental models of a designer or an art director, it's there's a lot of folks who have wear many different hats at their jobs. They need to get this type of work done, and we can be important building blocks and ingredients in that work. You know, sometimes we say, you know, we can make you look good, but it's not just creatives using imagery and footage now. It's it's almost everybody, and that's really what stock photography has unlocked in some ways. You know, it's been interesting if you think back over the last 15 to 20 years, what's changed in the world, and some of it is what I touched on in terms of like when I came out of my university education. You know, advertising was still a lot of traditional media. So the way that we would source photography for our work was often doing shoots. But even that was sometimes impossible. If, if we wanted a, you know, I'm in Calgary. So if we wanted an image of an oil drill in the middle of winter and it was in the middle of the summer, can't shoot that. Wasn't really available in stock photography at the time. So you would go to agencies and they would kind of give you like five choices that you could license from them at a really high price. And those images were going to be out there in the world for a long time across several executions. Well, when digital marketing and digital media and social media and social campaigns came along, now all of a sudden you have a way higher amount of demand for imagery. People are refreshing their imagery and their stories, not every week, not every month, every day or every hour. So you've got this incredible demand that's grown, but the imagery is not out there for nearly as long. So they need a really 
large supply of compelling images that fit across several different subject areas that they can easily use, easily create that work. And again, you know, the pricing is obviously much different. If you look at what people are paying on a per image basis now versus what they were paying 15 years ago, it's it's a way different thing. So that's a lot of the trend. That's where a lot of the growth is happening is more people using images, people who are using images, using more of them. And the solutions that iStock in, in that case provide is aligned to those trajectories, those trends. The industry as a whole and content creation, when we look at it from a bird's eye view, it's exploding. Yeah. And enabling those creatives and not even a small business who's creating content all the time or an agency, even just look at something like a publishing company such as Inc. or entrepreneur.com. And before they would have had their quarterly magazine, it came out, okay, some beautiful stuff. Now, they're probably putting out and publishing more articles in one day than they used to do in a quarter. And yeah. every single one of those needs an image or multiple. And you're just looking at that volume. It's so important. It's so important to enable those teams, enable, and like you said there, maybe not the creative, maybe that's just an editor. That's almost come full circle where the editor is going now and, and picking those images. It's very, very cool. And it's cool to be a part of. Now, when we look to the future, right? And we look forward. Yeah. What can we expect to see or that you can divulge, you know, from iStock and from Getty as we move into 2021 and beyond? Sure. So, I, you know, I, many of the ways that I like to think about this is, and I sometimes tend to oversimplify to, to make the point or get to the essence of the matter, right? And when I think about what we need to do for our customers, we need to make things easy. And I break it down like this. You need to make it easy for the customer to find the right image. And in a world where there's millions of images, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, the chances are the right image is there, but how do you make that easy to find? Because no customer is going to pour through thousands, hundreds of thousands, or hundreds of millions of images to find the right one. So you need to make it easy for them to find the image. You need to make it easy for them to get the image. That means that a customer needs to understand the license they're getting. They need to understand how they can use it, how they cannot use it. They need to be able to download that image or that piece of footage easily. They need to be able to pay for it. They need to be able to pay for a price that works for their budget. They need to be able to get it. If you can't allow them to find the image, you don't give them the ability to get the image, we're not going to get to the successful outcome for, for both us and for our customers. And then I think increasingly, you need to make the image easy to use and the piece of footage easy to use. And that's where there's been a lot of sort of growth in the market too. There's more tools than ever that allow customers to to work with imagery more easily, but it's having the imagery in the right formats and, and all of that. But those are the three pieces that kind of get to a point of having a satisfied customer. I think the interesting thing now is that you have certainly growth in video and footage. So if you think about what's happened with imagery over the last, say, 10 years and all the adoption of imagery and it's become easier to use, video sits a little behind that. Video is still kind of hard to use. But I think there's growing demand for it because, you know, video shoots are expensive, number one. Number two, there's all this information, all this data out there that if you use video in your campaigns, if you use video on social media, click-through rates are higher, engagement is higher, return rates are higher. There's a lot of rich data that talks about the value of using video in ways that, you know, previously were, were maybe not as possible. So I think video across our business and across our industry is going to have increasing importance. And I think you'll see that reflected in, in a lot of different ways. But those are kind of the things that we focus on. It's really about what are those things that are in the way? What's hard for customers? What's preventing them from working more efficiently? 
everyone's got so many things they have to do now, right? Everyone balances so many different priorities. If we could be a part of that workflow, provide them with those building blocks and make it easy for them to use and apply it to their work, that's, again, that's where the magic happens. So in many ways, that never changes. It's just the specific things within there that change. That's a lot of how we look at it. I love it. I love that philosophy. And yeah, you're spot on with video. It's funny. I, a nice drone here. and We had it and we used to use it all the time for shoots and I there's a lot of dust on that drone. Let's just say yeah. that because I'll just go and download. I'll go and look and there's like 5,000 skyline shots of Los Angeles. I don't need to go waste a day and like I can't really fly it that well. So there, <laughs> I'll just go sure. and download it. So yeah, to your point, like that video stuff is going to become such a major component. But the interesting thing there is like when you think about like drone technology and any, any kind of technology, but a drone's a great example. You're right. Like a cityscape, there's every major city in the world, there's enough footage of their cityscape, right? But what's interesting is that drones provide the ability to get to different angles or get to different places that previously were hard to get to. And I think the really skilled videographers and photographers, that's what they're really good at. It's We're in an interesting time right now, right? Because there's concepts that our world has been confronted by this year that are new to us. Social distancing, COVID in general, anything related to everything happening there. There's some brand new concepts that really emerged this year based on how the world around us has been changed and the challenges we're all facing as people. But also the way that certain common concepts are represented all of a sudden change too. So what business looks like, what relationships look like, what dating looks like, what education looks like, what leisure activity looks like, what travel looks like, all these things rapidly changed. So again, as, as someone who's got passion for imagery, that's the fascinating thing about it for me is that then you start to pair the technology and the ability and the skill of a photographer and a videographer with what do we need to provide because the world's changing us around us all the time and more rapidly than ever before. And I think that's where that technology gets applied in really, really cool ways. You're right. We don't need more cityscapes, but there's other stuff that drones can do that were previously either really hard or really expensive to do. And I drive my wife crazy because we'll be watching a, a show or seeing an advertisement. And I'll be like, that's a drone shot. That would have been impossible to get two years ago. Or like, you yeah. know, and that, that's a stock shot that they got someone got with a drone. You pick it out, right? Or you watch an older thing. You're like, oh, they had to do that with a crane because that's how you did those shots. Ten years ago, you could only do it with a crane. Now you can do it with a drone. That's where it gets really cool because the ability for our photographers and therefore us to give our customers more choice, it's just never been like it is now. So much richness and ability to break free from the standard handshake. What else can we use to represent these concepts? That's really cool stuff. And that's even to just see that. Go watch Planet Earth 1 versus Planet Earth 2. Oh, and, boy, yeah. And, and, and you can see a stark difference. And the first one's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Is uh, And it comes down to where we're at and, and then giving people like those creators a place where they can monetize that, right? It's so, so important. Well, it is because they need to be able to make enough money to justify making those investments in creating differentiated content. That's the pinwheel. That's the relationship we have with them is that they depend on us to you know, return enough money back to them so they can continue to do the things that they're passionate about. And that then has a benefit for customers because then the supply of that differentiated content continues. That's the circular relationship between us, our contributors and our customers that really is at the heart of our business. I love it. I love it. And I love what you guys are doing to continue to push the you know creative community forward and giving the tools. So 
Grant, before I let you go, let people know where they can learn more about Getty or iStock and connect with you online. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, the website's gettyimages.com, but also iStock.com. For those of you who are uh, need images, need to license images, you know, uh, I would start with iStock, and that's going to meet the needs of, of most most of customers. I'm available on LinkedIn. You can find me at Grant Farhall. There's very few Farhalls in the world, and I think I might be the only Grant Farhall, so I'm really easy to find. I'm the one in Calgary if there does happen to be two. If you find another one, you also have to tell me about that because I'd be interested in knowing <laughs> if there are any other Grant Farhalls. So I'm easy to find and very, very approachable, very reachable for folks that want to learn more. Awesome. You guys got it. You got that information, and I will put those all in the show notes as well, links, so you can go and click and get them. Grant, thanks again for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. Anytime. Awesome. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will catch you next time.